To get into January 2021 and really to get into Vision Month here at Life Church X, um, for many of you, this may be your first time being with us here in a January for Vision Month. I know that there's a lot of new faces, a lot of new folks who have come over this past year. I'm so encouraged and excited about that. But we always take time at the beginning of the year to kind of set the rudder and establish you know, the principle of first, we believe that it's incredibly important to cast a clear vision and for people to know not only what the vision of the house is that God has called them to plant their feet and establish roots in, what is the vision that they're hooking in with, but even more importantly, I think, is how do you fit into that? Because God has a vision and a plan for everyone's life. And this is what excites me is, you know, it's not like, a church would say, hey, you know, here's our vision and come help us. The way that God has established this thing is it's like this. Hey, God has given us a vision here at Life Church X. We're driven by a vision, but really God has a purpose and a plan and a vision for your life. And our heart is to help you uncover and discover and pursue that and flourish in that. And when that happens, then God's overall big vision for his kingdom and for his church continues to flourish and function here on the earth. Because we are all like members in a body playing a part and contributing. Paul says it this way. He says every member actually has a part and it does its own individual part. But it's when all the members function together that the body actually works optimally. And so let me say it like this. Your purpose and your destiny has a significant impact on God's vision for his church here on the earth in this generation right now. And I have a heart and a, uh, just a passion to help people hook in with that. I, I think a lot of that comes from just my early years in walking with the Lord. You know, when I got saved, I was 22 years old. It was 2022. And, or I'm sorry, it was 2002. <laughs> A little fog still from 2020, sorry. Woo! It's 2002, and uh, after I got saved, it was like I was a new man, a new person. The old man was dead, and the new man was alive, and I knew that, and I felt that, and I was beginning to discover what that meant and what that, uh, the Bible said about the change that had happened in me. But as I began to read the Word and get discipled, it, it was like God uncovered this bigger picture for me that he had a purpose and a destiny and a plan for my life. And the only way I can say it to you is that when I discovered that, when that truth got embedded in me, like the implanted word is meant to be, it wrecked me. And I just came to a point where I thought, Patty, how could I live for anything else? How could I live for anything else other than the purpose that the creator of the universe has for my life? It was like Katie was saying up here just a little bit ago, I was ready to sell everything in order to get that one thing. God's plan was the only plan that mattered for me anymore. And so as we begin to enter into this year, I really want to stir up. I'm praying that God would stir up things of purpose and of vision and of destiny in you, that we would be a people united together who would be going after this thing that God has planned for our lives. And as we do that together and help one another individually function in our gifts and our calling, our purpose, 
We're going to see God's purpose and plan for his church here on our earth right now begin to unfold in major ways because we're all part of a bigger plan. That's what excites me is that God has this huge picture and huge plan that we just really barely can even gaze into, but we are all hooked in and linked in and a part of that. So before we get into 2021, I just want to take a minute, I couldn't resist, and look back on 2020 and think about what are some lessons that we can take out of this last year. And I came up with, I spent a lot of time just thinking, praying, and reflecting towards the end of the year, you know, and what, what are things that God has shown me and taught me that I can take with me into this next year? Because we know 2020 was a year of incredible challenge and adversity, but I'm just always an optimist, Kelly, and I think that in challenge and adversity, there are always opportunities, opportunities that maybe cannot be found in other seasons. And I hope that you are taking advantage of what some of those opportunities are. And I encourage you to make your list. What are the top things that you learned from 2020? But here's mine. Are you ready? Top five things that Pastor Matt learned in 2020. Number one, young people want to make a difference. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And I'm so encouraged by this that the younger generation are not being drawn to or, or pulled to something that tries to impress them or the fancy lights and show and all of the glam. Like they want to be a part of something that's making a difference. Show me what I can do to help. Show me what I can do to make an impact in this world right now. And when that's happening, they're drawn to that. And we've seen that through our youth groups and through a lot of things we've done in our outreach programs, that young people, they want to be a part of something that's helping the world. And I am encouraged by that, that they're not necessarily interested in phony, fake, or facade. They're interested in something real and something that's actually happening that's bringing transformational change. That's really the definition of what the church is supposed to be doing. Amen? Amen? Okay, all right, so we're, this is the first week of the year. We're establishing some things right in the beginning, right? It's, it's good to yell amen and to shout, preach it. And good th- I, I, I get motivated by the energy in the room and the excitement. I, don't fake it, you know, but, but if you feel like God just, boom, quickens something in your spirit, something resonates with you, hey, hallelujah, amen, preach it, brother Matt, all right. That's right. Who is that? That's hey, man. Hey, Dan. Number two, relationships matter more than we realized. I mean, we've always said relationships are important. We, I've preached many a messages about just the significance of relationships, godly relationships, healthy relationships. But I think this last year has helped us peer in to this always constant truth that we are created for relationship with other people and when we have that taken away when we are forced to be in isolation or quarantine or in distancing or whatever the words are that we're using for that but severed and separated from real relationship mental and spiritual health begins to suffer would you agree with that we need relationships and i'm we need healthy godly relationships in our lives and the church should be a a ground a healthy ground for that to just be cultivated 
and flourishing and thriving in people's lives as they come and begin to engage and relate to the local church. Number three, organizations rise and fall on leadership. That was, see? Amen. All right. So, um, to be very truthful, this last year has put a lot of pressure on me personally, but in a good way, good pressure, Bob, like the kind of pressure that you realize I need to grow. I need to grow in particular areas. And God was so good that he has brought so many people and he's brought high caliber leaders here in this last 12 months. Leaders who really, when you look around and survey this in our church, there are leaders now who are leading hundreds of people. And the Bible tells us there's leaders of tens, fifties, hundreds, thousands, right? Just different capacities of our leadership giftings. Giftings can grow and be refined and mature. And so as, as we see leaders that are coming who are leading hundreds, it's really forced me to kind of look at my own leadership and say, well, if there's leaders here now who are leading hundreds, then I have to grow in my own leadership in order to be able to lead them. How can I lead leaders who are leading hundreds if I'm not growing as a leader in, in my leadership as well? And as the church grows and has more impact and more reach, it's got to have greater levels of leadership. And any organization needs this. If an organization's uh, impact or what they're doing begin to outgrow the capacity of the leadership in that organization, then it begins to implode. Godly leadership is imperative in our generation right now, in our communities, in our government, in our schools, in our businesses, in every part of our society. We need godly leaders to rise up to help establish a culture of health in our land. Amen. Spiritual health. Number four, crisis reveals strengths and weaknesses. Man, isn't this true? It's like, you may imagine a container or a vessel that's holding water uh, or liquid, and there is like a small stress fracture, just a small little crack. You may not even see it at surface glance or when it's just holding the water. But if you begin to compress that water or press down the air inside of it, all of a sudden that pressure begins to expose where those weaknesses are. And we've been through crisis in 2020. And I think it has exposed, and perhaps in a good way, because God needs to get to the root of the weaknesses in our lives and deal with them, right? But crisis can reveal where the weaknesses and where the strengths are in our lives. And when we see those, when they're revealed, it's important that we allow God to deal with those in us in a healthy way. You know, I don't necessarily go looking for crisis. But when it comes along, I welcome the opportunities that are there because I know if I walk through this in a healthy and mature way with the Lord, I'll actually come out of it stronger than I was before I went into it. Amen? And then the last one, I feel like I kind of saved the best for last. Number five, God's church will not be stopped. I mean, it's really been true throughout all of the centuries. But when you look at this last year, I don't know that I've been alive in a year where there has been more 
things come against the uh, efforts of the church to grow and expand than what many of the circumstances we faced in 2020 were. Shutdowns, remote, online, no impert, I mean, just all this stuff. Never seen it before. Never. Yet still the church continues to grow. Still the church continues to expand. Now, I know there are some churches who are struggling and are shutting down. I mean, I get all of that. But what I'm saying is the body of Christ at large is still rising up and expanding and growing in this world right now. I mean, when Jesus said the gates of Hades will not prevail against her, I mean, he really meant what he said. Bring it on. Hit me with your best shot. By the way, oh yeah, yeah. I'll be leading the song next week, so, uh, and you all be gone, all right. But it's true, God's church will not be stopped, and I want to help you see some things that it takes reflection to see, because I looked back over this last year and surveyed just what has God done? Where, where were we at the beginning of this year and the end of last, uh, the beginning of last year and at the end of last year? And frankly, it's astonishing when you, when you look at it in that block of time. I don't know about you, but I, I think I am guilty, I think a lot of people are, of kind of overestimating what you can accomplish in a day. Anybody else admit? Come on. Yeah, all right. I mean, Katie's like, I don't understand. Why'd you schedule so many things? Like, you're, you're, you're stressed out, you know? You're, you've got a meeting on top of meeting and this on top of this. Like, did you really think you could do all this in a day? I don't know, you know? It's like we overestimate what we can get done in a day. However, however, I think we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. 12 months, 365 days of consistent, godly principles at practice can accomplish something explosive. I, I mean, I had to look back and see all of this to really grasp how far God has brought us in just the last 12 months. Let, let me share a few things with you. First of all, I went back through all of the, the messages and just different leadership talks and discussions that I gave through the course of 2020. And of course, you know, I'm always seeking the Lord. I, I feel like if I have something to say, it needs to come from God, or there's just no point in saying it. And so I really believe that everything that I uh, have shared from a pulpit, God has, has brought to me first. But as I look back, and there was, I don't know, I think 40-something weekends in the year that I preached and different uh, talks and messages and things throughout that weren't just weekend services, um, I really dialed in. There were 13 words or messages that the Lord gave through last year that I personally felt like had a prophetic nature to them corporately for the body of Christ. I don't know if you know what that means, but prophetic in the sense this is directional for the future, and God is saying, here's what's coming, and I'm asking you to respond to this. So the point of that is, is through a year of great difficulty and adversity, God has been speaking. And for me personally, he's been speaking more in this last year than I think he's ever spoken to me before. And I hope and I pray that that's your story as well. That God is speaking in increasing levels of clarity and frequency in your life. Because as Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. 
My words are spirit and they are life. And life abundantly is the life that Jesus came for us to have. So when God is speaking in our lives, it's like an injection of life and health and thriving nature that's being imparted into the very things that we're busy about the business of doing. Don't you want those things to be kissed by God in everything that you do? God's really been speaking. But I also look back and I think, I'm blown away. In 2020, global pandemic, worldwide shutdown, we launched a second campus. <laughs> I mean, nobody would have wrote the script this way. Nobody. And we began this journey of, of relationship with the church in, in Jerseyville, Illinois, before the pandemic set in. But we were moving full steam ahead with uh, kind of revitalizing and then launching this church as a second campus of Life Church X going multi-site. And then when global pandemic hit, it didn't stop it. We still launched a second location. We're now a multi-site church, and it is thriving and flourishing. Lots of new people every week who are coming, growing in their relationship with the Lord. I mean, that happened in 2020. We supported global and local missions, local outreaches, things that we were doing here through extreme service projects, but also partnering with local organizations and nonprofits in our communities that are also doing great work in our areas. And we uh, helped out other churches that were in need, that were going through difficult times. We have an outreach-focused mentality, and we are reaching out to help globally, locally, and other churches as well. In, Latin, in 2020, a year where it seemed like resources were getting scarce, people are being trained by the world to have a, a, a preservation mentality, we had an abundance mentality. We gave away over $60,000 last year to global, local missions, and other churches that were in need. That's a huge deal for a church that's our size. And we're committed to continuing to be generous and to support those types of things uh, as we move forward. Of course, as we brought in uh, this other church and became two locations, there were folks and resources that came into uh, our uh, stewarding in our hands. But we grew from a staff of four to now a staff of ten who are committed and who have the heart and the vision and who are here in the trenches and the day-to-day -day operations, some part-time, some full-time, but a staff of 10 personnel now that are helping us to advance the vision that God has given us here. We actually had two pastors that were here on staff over a year ago. We have seven pastors now, five of which are on staff, two of which serve in a volunteer capacity. I mean, God is bringing incredible things. Listen to this. Uh, we expanded our online presence, our media department, and all of our digital capabilities exponentially. We're now reaching more people online than we ever have before on a weekly basis, and that continues to grow every single week. Last year, our youth groups, just the groups that meet weekly on Wednesday nights in both campuses, and I'm, not, and I'm saying where the Jerseyville was, campus was and the Waterloo campus was at the beginning of 2020, we grew our youth groups by over 300%. And I'm going to tell you something. Even more than the statistics show, 
there is energy and excitement and passion that is brewing in the younger generation, and I am lit up by what God is doing there. Many were saved, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, disciples getting raised up, walking in their purpose. God is moving, and He is building His church. Amen? This next year, 2021, that's coming up is really a significant year. I believe it's a year where the church is positioned for explosive growth in so many ways. Explosive growth. For God to really use his people to begin making an impact in this world. I, I, I look ahead and I think in April of this year, we're going to come up on our five-year anniversary. Yeah, isn't that unbelievable? Five years. I mean, really, it's like, gosh, that, I, it seems like forever ago, but in some ways, it's really just a short amount of time. Just five years ago that we launched the church. For me, uh, personally, 10 years ago in 2021, it will be 10 years ago that I was actually called and ordained into vocational ministry. Left the business world behind and went into ministry, became a pastor, was ordained. That was in 2011, so this is the 10-year anniversary of that. Just some exciting things that are on the horizon and that are coming up. I feel like we are right now a healthy church. Frankly, I feel better and healthier than I've ever felt in my entire life. I am more and on fire and have more passion and excitement for what's coming than I've ever had before in my years of business or ministry or anything. I have great anticipation for what God is getting ready to do. And I don't say that for me just personally. I look around at all of you and I see that in the lives of God's people. He wants to do something great. And so we come into Vision Month here in 2021 and in January, and we're, we're talking about what it means to be a healthy people, to be a healthy church, and to really focus on, because you know, health is not a static condition. I mean, just because you're healthy today doesn't mean you're healthy tomorrow. You have to continue to do the right things to remain and increase in your health, right? And so we want to talk about what it looks like to be a healthy people and be a healthy church, healthy communities, all of those kinds of things. Today, week one, we're going to talk about healthy vision, healthy vision. So on that note, I want to pray before we get into this. Father, uh, I just ask today that you would speak to us and speak to us clearly. Vision and purpose, direction, destiny. Stir us up, God, in our gifts and in our passions and the things that you've put in us and begin to unveil and uncover hidden things that we could never know apart from you revealing them to us. We welcome you and we give you full reign and permission to do whatever it is that you want to do and need to do in our lives that we might become the people that you've created us to be. God, I pray that in these moments ahead, it's not so much me speaking, but you speaking to us. And it's your voice that resounds in this house today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Healthy vision. You know, God is a God of vision, He is a God of clarity, not confusion. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, people will perish. 
Another version says they will cast off restraint. I could say it to you like this. Without a vision, people are directionless. And we do not serve a directionless God. In fact, embedded in the very core of Scripture is that we are a people who are always going somewhere better. God is a God of vision and direction. He is a God of purpose, not purposeless. He is a God of clarity and not confusion. And He wants to release vision and destiny into the lives of His people. We're not meant to be like people who are going nowhere. You know, if you're going nowhere, you're really going somewhere. Think about that. We were traveling one time, Katie and I, I can't remember where we were going, and we we were driving through, and there was a town that's called Nowhere. The sign said Nowhere. And I I was just like, man, I hope somebody calls me right now. (laughs) Where are you, Nowhere? No, I'm really, Nowhere, literally. (laughs) It's like, you know, you don't want to be like the misguided traveler who arrived at a fork in the road, and he took it. (laughs) I mean, the Bible says that God has ordained <laughs> The Bible says that God has ordained the steps of a man. How then can a man know his own way? God has created us with a plan and a purpose for our lives. And if he doesn't speak it to us, if he doesn't reveal it to us, then there's no way for us to know. We can't find it by examining worldly sources to discover it, we have to go to the very origin of this destiny and purpose to understand what God's plan for our lives is all about. It tells us in the Bible that God actually knew these things before he even created the foundations of the earth. I mean, wrap your mind around that for a minute. Your purpose and destiny was in the heart and mind of God before you ever even spoke the stars and sun and earth into existence? you got to be kidding me. That's what I want to live for. I mean, listen to some of the things that the Bible tells us. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. And you will call upon me, pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Psalms 139, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. You think God doesn't have a plan for your life? I mean, he is a God of vision and destiny And he wants to lead his people. And frankly, we are a church that was birthed and is driven by a vision. 
We say here that we exist to raise up game changers. That's language for us saying we want to help as many people as possible discover that God has a purpose and a plan for their life to pursue and flourish in that very calling and impact this world for God while they're here. That is what we are set about the work of doing at Life Church X. And when you hear that, I, I believe personally, when you hear the vision of a local church, if this is the place that God has called you to be, and I believe He has a place for all of us in the body, positioning God is into, and if this is the place that God has called you to, when you hear that vision and you hear what God is speaking and doing here, something should light up in you and you should connect with that if this is where God wants you to be and to, be, and to build together. Listen to this in Nehemiah chapter 2. God gave Nehemiah a vision to restore the walls and rebuild the city of Jerusalem. It was not a vision that Nehemiah created or manufactured on his own. It was a God-given vision that was released to him by way of dream and impartation. And then Nehemiah came and shared the vision with the people. And the way the people responded when Nehemiah shared the vision speaks very loudly to me in the sense that when God speaks to a house or to his church, that when we hear that, something in us should resonate and should connect. We should all be in a place, even if it wasn't here, we should all be in a place where that is happening inside of us. We are connecting with the vision that God has so that we can be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, this is what Nehemiah says. So I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. And they set their hands to this good work. Man, I think that there ought to be people in churches all over our land right now responding by way of let us rise up and build and set our hand to the good work that God has called us to do. Together, hand in hand and arm in arm, accomplishing something significant for God on this earth in our generation. It's something that only He can do through us. It's not something that any of us can accomplish on our own. It requires supernatural grace, power, and strength in order to see that through. But that's the life that we are meant to live. Not a life that resonates and exists more in the natural realm, but that is more in tune with the spiritual and supernatural realm of heaven, guiding and directing our daily lives here in this worldly environment that we walk in. That's the way God has set this thing up for us. And so how do we have healthy vision for our lives? Because I think God wants to give it to us. And I think He wants to lead us into this thing. And it's not so much that we just 
in a moment. You know, you ever download a file, you get an email, you download it, it takes a few seconds, and then boom, the whole thing comes through, it's downloaded, now you have it. It's not like we just get this hyperspeed download from God all at one moment, and then now we know everything about our purpose, and then we just have it all right there. It's really more of an ongoing journey. It's really more of an ongoing discovery that is more and more revealed to us that we grow and ascend more and more into by way of intimacy and relationship with Him. I mean, simply put, the more we know God, the more we understand His plan for our lives. And so it's an ongoing journey. But there are things that God definitely lays out for us that are important if we want to continue to have a healthy vision for our lives. And I want to take you to John chapter 15 today to talk about that. These are words of Jesus. These are incredible verses. You've probably all heard these or read these before, but I want to unpack them a little bit today in the context of God bringing healthy vision to each and every one of our lives. So let's start. Verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Wow. Wow, the Word of God just astonishes me. First question, where is your vision coming from? What's the source? Because I have found that there are different things that can shape our vision for our lives. And many of them are very unhealthy. In fact, if you allow culture to define the vision and purpose for your life, then it very much will. The world will gladly deal that up for you if you'll, if you'll take it. But that's not, that's not the right source. In fact, you can look back through history and different societies and cultures have unfortunately defined that for many people. There, even today in Hinduism, there's still a caste system that exists. It tells people you are born to have a function in one of four classes of society. And that's just the way it is. If you're meant to live as a lowly person, that's just the way it is. And there's nothing you can do about that. There are so many things that can define the vision for our lives. But what Jesus says right here in these verses is very revealing to me. He says, I am the true vine. And you're the branches. The vine is the life source. The branches are connected to the vine. That's the picture that Jesus paints for us here. He says, I'm the true vine. True means pure, life-giving source. Now, I want to take you into this because this is huge. You see, if God 
is the one and the source who is bringing vision into your life, then there is nothing unpure or unhealthy in him. He is pure and he is perfect all the time. So if he says, I'm the true vine, he says, I'm the pure vine, I'm the perfect vine, and anything that flows from me to you, it's perfect and it's pure. And I hear that and I think to myself, I don't want to drink from a polluted well. I don't want to find myself receiving anything from a contaminated source when I have pure, perfect water to drink from. We discover God's destiny for our lives by going to the very one who authored that. It says he wrought us in the foundations of the, in the foundation of the earth, and it says in the secret place. We've, as we go into the secret place with God, we begin to understand those things which were done in secret by him for our lives. He's the one that we have to go to. Number two, what fruit is coming in your life? What fruit is being produced? Because what happens is that the branch really, the main role and responsibility is for the branch to remain in the vine. It's to abide, to remain or to dwell and stay connected. But the branch doesn't have the sole responsibility of producing fruit. Fruit comes out of the branch, but it comes because life is flowing into it from the vine. Think about it. I never went out. We've got fruit trees at our house and some different things. You know, I've never went out and I've never watched them and think, wow, those branches are really struggling. They're really straining to produce that fruit. They're agonizing over that. The branch does not strain. We, when God's life is flowing into us, we are not straining and agonizing. We are not frustrated or have sorrow. Fruit is naturally being produced in our lives as a result of a perfect life source of health flowing into us, and that's the byproduct and the outcome of what's happening. And so if you look around in your life, you think, I'm, I'm, I want to know what God's plan for my life is, what his vision for me is, I would say, what kind of fruit is being produced right now? Because that's a tell. In a lot of ways, that's a tell to what God might want to do more of. What are some things that are happening that God's breathing on, that he's blessing? You know the kind of things where you look around and you think, wow, I'm not good enough to do that. There's no way. Like only the grace of God could produce that kind of result in my life. And I am not mistaken or deceived about that. God is bringing these things to pass. Where is these, where is these areas of fruit in your life? Because if you can see that, I think there's a really good chance that's an indicator at where greater levels of fruit and harvest God might want to do in your life are. You might want to pursue that and tap into that at even greater levels, an indicator of what God is doing. And we have found over this last year especially, those who have remained in the vine, 
who have abided in their relationship with God, you know they've continued to bear fruit. Even in 2020, global pandemic, fruit, still just popping out of their lives everywhere. You like that? <laughs> Working on my sound effects. All right, they're just fruit popping out of their lives because they're abiding in the vine. The enemy's tactic is to separate you from the vine. He says when a branch is pulled away, it begins to decay. Think about that. As soon as it's disconnected or even cracked, the flow of health and life begins to be affected by that. If, if the enemy can separate you or sever you and get you away from the vine, then decay has already began to set in the moment it's disconnected. It's those who have struggled to abide in their relationship with God and remain connected in Him and trusting in His promises. It's the ones who have struggled to remain that have struggled the most through the tumultuous times that we have seen. Would you agree with that? Some are just as happy, joyful, and have just as much peace, maybe more as ever before, and some are in a downward spiral and can't seem to pull themselves out. I believe according to Scripture, it's very clear if we remain and abide in our relationship with God, then we will continue to bear much fruit for Him in our lives. Next question is, what is being pruned? What is being pruned? Again, what's God's vision for my life? You know, what does He want to do in me? Well, let me ask you this. If you look around... What are the things that God is pruning, or perhaps wants to prune, maybe you haven't let him yet, in your life? Because here's what he says in these verses. He says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And he says that those branches that he prunes will what? Bear much fruit. Wow. So pruning actually leads to greater flourishing wow but do you understand if god the father is the vine dresser look you have to take the shears out of your hand and put them into his hand i think we like to walk around with those things ah, i think i'll hold on to those a little longer yeah i'm not sure i'm ready for that branch to go ah, i think i'll keep those I want God's plan for my life, but I'm not ready to give him the shears yet. That pruning thing, that's kind of painful. But he says, the branches that get pruned are the branches that will then bear, get this, more fruit. Whoa. There's fruit that begins to get produced out of a healthy connection and abiding but then some pruning has to happen by the Father. And as the pruning happens, there's some things that get removed. Those things are impurities, toxins, unhealthy things that will only detract from the fullness of what that plant is meant to be. That's why the pruning has to happen. They'll suck the nutrients away and they'll pull from the things that are needed to go to the places that can actually be the healthiest pieces of fruit on the branch. He says, we've got to prune this thing. But when we prune it, the reason we prune it is so that it can bear more fruit. There's some fruit now, but after we prune it, it's actually going to flourish at greater levels than it ever could if you never prune this thing. 
but we got to let God prune. We got to let Him have the shears in our lives and begin to remove some things. I'm just asking you, what are things in your life right now that got to go? I would be willing to bet you probably know what they are. Maybe you're dancing around the thing a little bit in your head and playing these mind games with yourself or God, but you probably know if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He is the one who convicts and reveals all truth to us. So if you're growing closer to Him, it's just a matter of time before He nudges you in those things. And we've got to let him prune those things out of our lives. It could be relationships, it could be bad habits, it could, it could be all kinds of things. But if he doesn't prune them, we could say we want more fruit, but it isn't going to come. We've got to let him prune. But I'll say this too, one last thing about pruning. Do not mistake pruning for failure. I've seen that happen. People think because things are being pruned, they're you know, sometimes it's painful when relationships are kind of being moved out of your life or things are being moved out. Sometimes people can feel like they're failing because things are going away. That's not necessarily the case. When, when God is pruning, it may be somewhat painful, but keep in mind, it's only healthy for you. Do not mistake pruning for failure. And the last thing I want to talk to you about here in these verses question to ask yourself what are my desires what are my passions you ought to be on fire for something you ought to be like a burning white flame that's an inferno getting hotter and hotter if you're tapped into the vision that god has for your life the thing should be burning and raging where you just like we sang today, I just can't get enough of what God wants for me. What are your desires and passions? Let's, let's read this again, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Man, this is so powerful, guys. Listen. The Bible tells us if we pray according to God's will, then we'll have that. So then a lot of people say, well, I don't, what is God's will? I get that, but I'm not sure when I pray if I'm really praying God's will. Does he want that or does he not want that? I mean, I'm praying, but there's an element of maybe uncertainty or doubt in the prayer. But he says here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask or you'll pray for what you desire, and it'll be done for you. Here's the amazing thing. For those who abide in the vine and the life flows into them over long periods of time is that the desires that we have begin to become the desires that God has for us. Our desires get shaped and bend and align with the desires that God has had for us all along. But it took abiding in the vine over periods of time for the life flow to continue to pour into us, for those desires to shift and turn to actually be the very desires that God has for us. 
And when that comes alive in you, the only way I know to explain it is that when he says, ask and you'll receive, you pray in a different kind of way. You pray knowing this is the will of God for my life. This is God's plan. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm certain about it. There's no doubt in me for this thing. This is God's will for me. It says it in his word. He's been speaking this thing to my heart, and I'm praying, but when I'm praying, I'm praying with a boldness and a confidence. I know this thing is getting ready to happen. It's a different kind of living and a different kind of praying. And God's people need to know that kind of prayer life. Amen? Amen. Listen, 2021, what will it bring? I don't know. There are a lot of people who right now are kind of just waiting for the next hat to drop. Yeah, okay, so they say a vaccine's coming, this whole COVID thing's supposed to go away, right, whatever. But there's a whole bunch of people that are like, I'll never live the same again. You know, uh, I've got to live completely differently because what about the next virus? Who knows what else might come along? The anticipation is more for things that are fear-driven than things that are life-giving. I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty confident something else will come. I don't know what it is, but I'm pretty confident something else will come. My question is, what will it do to you? What are you grounded on? You know, I, I mean, if things come along that the world is, is dealing up in circumstances and events... So far as I can tell, people of God have never supposed to waver through that. We're supposed to remain steadfast like a ship at sea that's not tossed around by the turbulent waves. We continue our course and not be moved around. I, I can envision, I hope I'm wrong, but you know, the people who mock Christianity and who belittle people of faith is just unenlightened and uneducated they just don't understand science and reason and oh that's cute you know but they're just not informed i can only imagine as time moves on that it will become more antagonistic towards the people of god will we be strong will we be a people of faith who rise up if we're going to this is what i'm trying to say you better have a vision you better have a vision. And you better be following God's vision and plan for your life. And if you do, you'll stay the course through any storm that the world has to bring. And I believe that God is ready to raise his people up as people of strength. And as we begin to move forward into this next year, I just want to wrap up today by sharing with you the things that I think that we believe here, our leadership team, our pastors, our staff, our ministry leaders, we've spent hours talking, praying, pressing in on what is it that God is really wanting us to focus on in this next season? Where does He really want us to dial into? We've not arrived at these things flippantly, casually. It's been through much prayer seeking the face of God and really allowing Him to speak 
through the counsel and the leadership that he's brought here to this church to help us get the direction we need to go. And I believe that God has brought that to us. And I want to share that with you. And as I do, I want you to think and I want you to pray. And now and in the days ahead, what is God saying to you? Because you remember in the beginning I said God's plan for your life should hook into his plan for his church. It should. And so are there things here when you hear this that speak to you, God's got some work for me to do. I, my heart connects with this or that or these things. My gifts align with that. And if so, hey, let's rise up and build. Let's go do something special and significant while we're here for God. Because those last verses, he says, hey, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. Isn't that amazing? When the more fruitful we are, the more glory God gets for that. So here are the things that we think God is up to, that we're going to focus on, we're going to invest in, we're going to dig deeper into in 2021 and ahead. Number one is outreach. We have got to continue to have an outreach mentality. We are going to reach outside of the walls of this church, and we are going to serve our local communities in the areas where they're hurting and where there are needs. We will continue to deploy extreme service teams throughout 2020-21 in both of our campuses to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our cities and in our streets. We will continue to support local extensions, which are faith-based organizations and local community groups that are doing great work in our areas that we can come alongside of. We can support them by way of financial support or by way of onboarding volunteers to help meet needs for programs and initiatives that they are endeavoring in. We will continue to support global extensions, which are world missions that are taking the gospel to places of the world that have not heard that. Unreached people groups, building churches, establishing strong communities where pillars of faith can be brought into those areas. We are also going to continue to reach out. This is a big thing that God has began to do in us over this last year. Continue to reach out to serve other churches other churches in need church unity and serving and helping other churches in our areas and in our region is a major priority for this church going forward i believe that there's i believe that there is a call on this church to help bring churches together in our region to elevate the health of the body of Christ in our area. Number two is growth and development. We're going to continue to focus on how we raise people up to be strong, mature Christians. We all start in a beginning stage. But I'm just telling you, this is going to be a place where the water runs deep. We're going to raise strong, mature Christians who know the Word of God, who understand sound doctrine, who can interpret Scripture, who can pray and pray against the forces of hell in their own life and see God move and intervene according to their faith, it will be done. 
We're expanding all of our online resources in the process of building a new website with more multimedia capabilities. We're going to continue to expand our small groups and life groups. We're going to build discipleship teams around core topics and subjects that people need to have instilled in their lives, like stewardship and marriage, all those kinds of things, freedom ministry for people to have healing through past wounds and hurts. These are going to be things we're going to continue to bring ministry to the people who are in need. And it's going to be a growth and development church. Number three, we're going to focus on hard going after aggressively the younger generation. We're going to focus on that. Our youth groups are exploding and growing right now. You heard me talk about leadership capacities. We're putting in place an intentional leadership development program this year to begin focus on investing in and pouring into the leaders in our youth groups so that they can become very strong, mature believers who can disciple and mentor these students in groups of twos and threes and fours in their life and what they're going through, things like depression and cutting and struggling and all the stuff that young people are dealing with. We're going to raise up strong leaders, not people that just say, I'm going to serve here, but we're going to pour into them and invest into them so they can become strong leaders to mentor and pour into those young students as well. We'll continue with our e-learning facilities in both of our campuses and see what God continues to do in the year ahead with that. We're doing a lot with our online marketing and multimedia, social media, website to be able to reach a younger audience in all the different geographical places that our reach extends to in our area, to be able to bring content and resources and the word of God to them And ultimately, I have this belief that God is leading us to build. I think this will probably be within the next three to five years, state-of-the-art youth centers that are actually a part of every one of our campuses that we have. These youth centers will have state-of-the-art computer labs for tutoring and mentoring and after-school programs. We're going to have a creative arts studio. There's going to be an indoor rock climbing wall because, you know, I got to get in on that deal. Uh, indoor rock climbing wall. We're going to have outdoor recreation center. We have splash pads for families to come during the summer months and enjoy just all kinds of things. It's, I've did some research and worked with a firm over the last few months. It's probably going to cost about a million and a half to two million dollars to build one of these. And I believe that every one of our campuses, this is going to be a part of the model that God wants to do, is that we have the state, these state-of-the-art youth centers that are an inroad into our communities for the younger generation. Number four, we're going to continue to focus on our online capabilities and expand our online campus. You know, we shifted our mentality this year from having a live stream service to actually having an online campus. We've been wrestling through and struggling with questions like, how do we engage? How do we disciple? How do we fellowship with people who are relating to us through our online campus? We're solving the answers to those questions as we go along, figuring out how to bring ministry to more places in our community through online capabilities. We've got a great team that's already working with me to expand the online campus right now, and we're making great strides forward. We're looking for more people who are gifted and passionate about areas like video, technology, uh, internet, uh, marketing, social media, uh, video editing, graphic design, all those kinds of things. Get the word out. Tell them. Come find us. 
Just send an email, write, make a phone call, tell somebody. I, we will find you. If you mention it and breathe it, we're on you, baby, okay? <laughs> Reach and engage people through multiple platforms. And lastly, this is absolutely not the least of the things we believe God is going to continue to call, is calling us to focus on, is we're going to focus on, number five, His presence. We're going to focus on His presence. At the end of the day, if God isn't here, I don't want to be here. I just want to go where He is. I don't care how many things or buildings ever come along. If God ever leaves the place, I'm just telling you, I'm gone. We want His presence here. We covet that. We contend for that. We... I get on my face often and regularly in my private time. God, we just want more. Would you saturate the place? we got to have you. We've got to have your presence, God. If it's not with us, then we don't want to be there. But if it's there, everything is improved by that. We seek the presence of God, the tangible, manifest presence presence of God. I know there's the indwelling presence, but the manifest presence, the covering in the blanket of God, the sweet atmosphere in our midst that he fills in the place, in our services. But listen, I'm just telling you, it's not just in our services. We, we want to see the presence of God saturate all ministry team meetings, all initiatives, all small group environments. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in their midst. I believe we're getting ready to come into a place where we know that truth at a whole new level than we've ever seen before. In that manifest presence of God, miracles and healings and things happen. And we're going to see increasing levels of that throughout every part of what God leads us to do. I'm so proud of Pastor Guy and so many of our leaders. I could say this about all of them, but you know, as, as Pastor Guy has really labored over this last year to build our ministry depart, our mission, uh, worship departments and, and teams here in Waterloo and in our Jerseyville campus. I mean, this dude's a leader of hundreds. He's leading people in multiple locations. We've built these teams up. He has made a strong, taken a strong stance on what it means to be a part of this team right here, ushering in and hosting the presence of God. I mean, there are just some things that we won't, we won't budge on. And, and, and he has been real good and real clear about that. Like, it takes a little bit of time for us to get to know your heart and see what you're about. And if somebody comes here and they're incredibly gifted, but they're looking for a platform and they're looking for a stage, I'm just telling you, this isn't the place for them. We need people who are humble, who see that the glory of God and the presence of God is our aim, and they want to disappear so that God can be seen. That's what this place is about. And so I would ask you as we close today, as, as we've shared all of these things opening up in Vision Month, is there something that you connect with? Is, is God drawing you to a particular area or thing or whatever it might be? This, this is the year. Can I say this? I, I feel like the Lord's saying this. Somebody needs to hear this. This is the time to make the decision. 
there's a decision that you've been pondering. And there's a, there's a grace and a space for a while to figure out and to know. But once it becomes clear, the longer you tarry in indecision, that, that grace can begin to lift. And I think that God is saying this to somebody. You've been, you've been contemplating a decision for a while. This is the year, now is the time to make that decision. I don't know what that is, and I don't know what it looks like. All I know is it's time to step into the greater things that God has for you and begin to produce plentiful fruit that glorifies Him. You're gifted. You're special. You're unique. There's no one else like you. And God has created you for a purpose. If there's anything at all that we can help you with, you say, I'd like more information about this, or I have questions about this, or I, I, how, how do I do this, or I'd just like some help figuring this out. Man, talk to us. Send an email. Fill out a red card. Write down what you're interested in. Drop it in the box on the way out. We'll call you. Come talk to one of our pastors, one of our leaders. There's just balls in your court. But if you're drawn to something, let, let's, come on. Let's lock hands, let's lock arms, and let's rise up and build. Amen? I think let's go out of here today. Let's stand and let's just give God praise and worship Him, glorify Him before we leave today.